Um, early on, we made a unique a commitment between the elders and myself. And the commitment was that we would tell one another the truth, that we would abide and make abiding with Jesus the priority over all things. And in fact, the very first staff meeting I had here and the very first elder meeting that I was a part of, we went to a local vineyard. We stood in front of the vineyards. We talked about the role of the branches just staying abiding with, with the trunk. We made a commitment that we would support one another through pain and that we would bring healing. And you've certainly done that to me and to my wife. And that we would always bring one another's perspective back into alignment with the scriptures. Truth-telling, soul-keeping, heart-healing, and perspective-giving. To every person, man and woman, who has ever served as an elder here, I just want to tell you thank you for honoring that commitment from the very first. It would be wrong if I did. There's so many different people that I should thank. So that just for those of you who are not going to be mentioned, forgive me. Um, but I have to say something about three people. And that is Bill Bradley, who served our church for free for over 10 years. Um, Darlene Culberson, who brought order to my life when no one else could. And Lynn Roberson, and I don't know if, I haven't seen Lynn yet. She might be coming into the next service. But those three folks um, deserve honorable mention. Thank you. Thank you. So we've seen a lot of cool things. We've seen um, me come here and God begin to bless. We saw God allow us to break ground and to build this building. In 2007, we began using this building. I can still remember the pouring of the concrete and the opportunity to see the steel structures going up and, and how much um, joy that brought us. We couldn't believe that we were able to move in that direction. In 2010, um, we built the new children's building and we got rid of the Motel 6. Those of you who were pre-Motel 6, you have no idea how much rejoicing went on when we were able to tell our children finally that they had a building that we could heat and cool and safely bring electricity into it. Um, it was a wonderful thing. In 2012, we planted Awakening with Ryan Ingram. And in 2014, we started our first campus with Branham and then inherited South Hills, um, which was a great honor. It's an honor for another community of people to look at a community and say, we trust you. We trust you. And they have trusted you. And you have honored that trust. It went so well that Casa de Fe said, we'd like to be adopted too. And so they came into our little family of churches. And then in 2017, um, we planted Center Set. And it's just, it's amazing that, the, listen, I can tell you, to, if you ask that first elder board to a person, including me, None of us had any, we dared, we dared not dream this big. 
And by big, I don't mean necessarily size as much as I mean influence and opportunities to be able to give away the tens of millions of dollars that have happened in those times because of your generosity. But in Psalm 90, it says that we are to number our days aright. And so I want to challenge you. I'm super thankful for all that's happened, but you know I'm not going to let us look backwards long. How do we number our days aright? How do we, how do we set our gaze towards the future in such a way that, that we can actually see more of what God has done, resting on his faithfulness and gaining courage from it, but knowing for sure he ain't done. He ain't done with us. So let me give one, and then Dana will challenge you with one, and then I'll come back and wrap it up. I think that we all need to move. If we've not already, we need to be in the process of constantly encouraging one another to move from blame to responsibility. To go ahead and recognize that we're going to make mistakes and to own those mistakes and to fess up to them and to choose repentance. In fact, I have this weird conviction in my own life. If you've been with me one-on-one for very long, you've heard me probably share it with you. I believe that the most important spiritual practice for us in the coming years is the spiritual practice of repentance. Confession and repentance, and that simply means I agree with what I did and I turn away from it. And in a community of people this large, we're going to vote differently. We're going to see issues differently. And we should. We're not looking to become a bunch of bricks here, all looking and acting and talking the same. We're the living stones of Christ when he builds his church. And we're going to make mistakes and we're going to hurt one another. We're going to sometimes say stuff we shouldn't say. (laughs) But we need to go ahead and own. Jesus said, Repent, the kingdom of God is near. Very first sermons that he preached in Matthew 3 and in Mark 1, that's what he said. Then he sends the 12 out. He says, go and preach. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Jesus came to bring sinners to repentance. And in Peter's first sermon in Acts chapter 2, his message was basically, repent, turn. And for some of us, we, we just need to recognize that we occasionally, we occasionally get too close to the edge. And when we get there and the Spirit of God or the community of God's people reminds us of what God's standards are for our lives, we need to recognize it, repent, and turn. Turn away from it that he might, God might continue to use us in ways that we can only imagine. You know, a second thing that we want to think about is um, to move from being me-centered to others-centered. 
each one of us, every single one, if we could open our minds, our thoughts, and see each other's thoughts, we would know that we think about ourselves too much. And I do that. And over the years, I've tried to think, okay, how can I not think about myself so much? And instead, I began to think, let me not try to not think about myself, but help me to train to think about others more. Because when I shifted my thinking in that, I still think about myself a lot, how I feel, what it's going to be like for me. But when I could shift to that training that Jesus calls us to, to say, how can I think about others more and train myself, allow Jesus and God to train me that something began to change in me. Jesus says in Matthew 7, 12, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. We call that the golden rule. People that don't even really know that Jesus said this, quote it. But the idea here is that everything comes together when we look at others, whether it is a person or a group or a different country, wherever, if we look at them and say, what would I want? And I at least do that. I at least do that for them. So now what I try to and have trained over the years to do is when I walk into a room where I'm uncomfortable, which is most of the time, being an introvert, I walk into a room and I think, my first thoughts are, wow, I feel uncomfortable, and who do I know so I can move towards them so I will feel more comfortable? That's what I think. But my training then moves it to say, wait, if that's how I feel, then I know there are other people in the room that feel the same way. And who can I move towards to help them feel more comfortable instead of thinking about myself? And you know what happens when I do that? I become more comfortable too. That's just part of the training in this. Instead of saying and thinking, how would I wish that person would have encouraged me in this way, or I wish I would have gotten this, or I wish it would have been that. Instead, I say, no, I'm going to train, allow God to train me to say, what would it look like to be other-centered? So if I would have wanted this particular thing in that situation, then I say, who in that situation needs to hear something from me? And send a note, or send a text, or do this. But to train myself through the help of the Spirit, of course, to become more like Jesus wants me to be. And in that, we just begin to be reminded of how important each person is and how much God wants to use us to speak to them and a move towards generosity and kindness instead of the self-centeredness that I so often bring. Um, finally, I would say that this third, repentance and generosity and kindness, and this last one would be um, to move from giftedness to wisdom. 
there seems to be a fresh new emphasis on next generation leadership, and of course there should be. But I would tell you that there's a great value for all generations. And while the younger generation can certainly bring more energy and more passion to certain things than Dana and I now do, or that some of you might happen to do now, there's still a place. There's still a place for each of us. There's still a place for people to speak experience. There's no reason for the next generation of leaders to make the same mistakes that we made. And so moving in, in humility and saying that, that we're going we're gonna to do our very best to persevere, to persevere in this and to stay at it. I know that some of you are thinking, sabbatical, 20 years, this sounds like somebody's leaving. We're coming back. Okay, we're coming back. And we're going to come back and continue along with you to persevere, to persevere and to stay at it. When you think about perseverance, there's an equation that works this way. First, let me read to you Ecclesiastes 10.10. If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. Sometimes it just somebody needs to be able to say and be wise enough to say, let's check the edge. Man, you guys are swinging hard, but let's back up and check and see if we need to sharpen the edge. You see, talent plus effort equals skill. And skill plus effort equals achievement. The main thing to notice there is, is that effort counts twice. Just staying at it, just sticking around. You can't imagine how many stupid decisions I have made over 20 years. And your patience, the elders' commitment to speak truth, team members that helped correct, and we just stay together, staying at it, persevering. This is the path towards character. This is how you will become the person you want to become. There is no other way. There is no other way. If there were a microwave version of this, I'd tell you, I promise I'd tell you. Then I'd write a book about it. Then I would be gone because I'd be crazy rich and speaking everywhere else. There is no microwave version of character development. We decide what's important. We ask Jesus to do um, what only he can do in us, and then we just stay at it. We persevere in humility, repentance, generosity, humility, persevering. In August of 2001, I had one of those rare moments where I had what I felt like an audible interaction with the God of the universe. And I felt like he gave me a promise for us. And I've hung on to it. I've hung on to it 20 years now. And this is the promise. Take a new grip with your tired hands. 
Strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Now, there's a lot about that promise I don't like. I would have liked something else like, you can do all things through Jesus. Because this says, I'm, my hands are going to be tired. My knees are going to be weak. And it says that you're going to be weak and lame and frustrate the crap out of me. <laughs> but together, if we'll persevere, we will become strong. We will become a force for the kingdom a strong light against the darkness. There's an old hymn. Many of you will know it. And I think it's appropriate for us. I hear my Savior say, thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me your all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain. But his work on the cross has washed it white as snow. That's just too good to keep to ourselves. It's just too good. We don't really know what we're doing. <laughs> um, but I think we're almost to the end. I think so. Uh, we just want to one more time just say thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to be a part of this community. And as Steve said, um, we're going to have fun this summer doing a lot of different things and then we'll return in September to see what else it is God has for us in this community. So thank you for um, to the elders and to the staff who will do the heavy lifting this summer while we get to go and play a lot. So uh, I'm going to um, pray and, and finish our time here. Heavenly Father, as I think back over the, the past 20 years to the beginning when we really weren't looking to come to San Jose, but you changed our hearts as people here prayed, as we got to know the elders and some of the staff and others, and you made it so clear that this is the place that you wanted us to be, and we just thank you for that. I think of um, elders and staff and, and people who have served throughout the years that this is not really about us. This is mm -hmm. about what you mm -hmm. are doing in all of us together as a community. And then I think about those that will come after us that you will continue to do this because this is your church and you have a plan and there is this great need in our area to know about this Jesus that watches our stains away. So we thank you for the opportunity that you give us to be a part of what you are doing 
thank you, Jesus, that all of it is possible because of you. Mm -hmm. And we pray in your precious name. Amen. Amen. As we close, um, many of you may not know this, but I was a four, I, for 14 years before I came here, I was a worship leader. And I had very strong opinions about worship. It was going to be almost impossible to lead worship for me. So you can't imagine the great shock that happened when the very person that I wanted to come and join the team actually took a step down and came and joined us. And Mark, I tell you in front of God and everyone here that you are just as responsible for anything good that has happened here. And your patience... Your patience and humility to serve beside me, man, I love you. Thank you. Thank you. you. The weird thing, I can't remember a single time in 20 years where I sat there where you're sitting and listened to him lead us and said, oh, I wouldn't have done it that way. <laughs> Everywhere I go, I think that. Except here. Thank you.